Hi, this is Kate Luzio, founder and CEO of Luminary, New York's premier collaboration space for women who are passionate about professional development and expanding their networks. Welcome to Come Sit at Our Table, our Be a Luminary podcast. During our podcast, we'll speak to luminous leaders, exploring how they're inviting others to their table and exemplifying luminary behavior in their personal and professional lives. We welcome you to listen and come sit at our table. Hi, and welcome to Come Sit at Our Table, the Be a Luminary podcast. I'm Kate Luzio, founder and CEO of Luminary, and I am so excited to welcome Minda Hartz today to on our podcast. Minda is the founder of The Memo, assistant professor of public service at NYU Wagner, uh, host of her own podcast, Secure the Seat, and now author of the book that just came out today, and we're launching her book tour tonight at Luminary called The Memo. So welcome, Minda. Thank you, Kate. I'm so excited to be here with you uh, at the Luminary. And, you know, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed with joy. The book is out today. I've, I'm like, I need hooked on phonics or something because I can't get the words <laughs> <laughs> of how I feel. <laughs> I know. It's kind of like crazy timing when I had asked you to do the, to do, well, one, we were so excited and thrilled to be able to host not only the the, the first of the, the book tour, um, but here at Luminary. And then I kind of slammed you and said, do you want to do the podcast too? Um, but, and I know it's been a crazy day. So for the listeners, um, we are about a half an hour, 45 minutes away from Minda actually starting her book tour um, for the memo. Um, but let's back up a little bit before we talk all about the book, because I had the opportunity to read it last night. And as someone who spent a long time in corporate America as a woman, lots of challenges. I think you've demystified a lot of things for women in general, but certainly for women of color. But let's back it up and talk about what got you to this day. Yeah, well, first and foremost, thank you for your support because it's, um, I talk about something called success partners in my book and we can't move forward if we don't have people like yourself uh, joining um, on our success. So thank you for being a part of today. It's a special day for me. Uh, but it's also a special day for women of color because we don't have a lot of books that we get to read about our experiences. Uh, and so I've just been receiving so much love about, wow, thank you for allowing us to be seen uh, and heard. And I spent 15 years in corporate and nonprofit roles, and I was always the only or one of few in the environments. And oftentimes um, you're in isolation, so you're always questioning what is the intent behind what has been said to me as a woman of color and we don't always get to use race or mm -hmm. the race card because yeah. if you do then that is like the kiss of death. right 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 <laughs> so um i i just i was always very cautious and tiptoeing around every situation because i didn't want to be seen as these stereotypes like the angry black woman or you know feisty latina docile asian these things these labels that you know, we have to be so careful uh, not to upset anyone. And so after a while, I just realized that we need to talk about these things because many of us are suffering in isolation. We're suffering mm -hmm. in silence. And it's, as Lauren Hill said, killing me softly or Roberta Flack, however, oh, depending right, on where right. you fall. <laughs> Which generation you're <laughs> yeah. in, yeah. So it, it, it was a lot. And so I just got tired, really. And, and um I needed to be changed for myself, but I also needed to step up and say, what type of legacy, what am I going to do about this problem? And 
I started the memo the company in 2015 and with my co-founder I, I started as a solopreneur and then my good friend Lauren Broussard came on and we just kept building 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 and um, eventually a podcast came and then a book came and uh, all the work I do is just to help other women of color feel seen because oftentimes uh, we don't feel seen in the workplace and um, I think it's time that we change the narrative of the, fu- the future of work to include all women and not just certain groups. Absolutely and break down the silos yes right uh, you if we continue to sort of say again you're this you're that you're this type of woman you do this profession we're not doing ourselves justice and I think even with and I don't want to overstep my bounds but it's really interesting um, a, a few weeks ago we had a group of women in here doing an offsite for one of our corporate partners and uh, they were a number of women of color and uh, I said to the women we're excited to have you hopefully you'll come and join the Minda Hearts when she launches her book and I said but you need to make sure that you bring the white women and the white men to this because it can't be done in isolation mm-hmm. otherwise we're not changing anything right right absolutely um so I loved when I, I was again I have like reading the book was amazing and and I've had the opportunity to hear you speak you've had a a session here at Luminary but the memo itself right so I'd always wondered where that came from and I'm sure I could have figured it out but (laughs) when I was reading the book I did not realize that it came literally from a Drake song yeah (laughs) Um, and I think it's important to highlight that because Mm -hmm. what the 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 actual the memo what why tell the listeners about that yeah so I was So in 2013, I started thinking about what I'm going to do, but it didn't manifest itself into a a company until 2015. And I was on a train ride from D.C. to um, New York City, and I actually was thinking about, okay, what am I going to name my company? I was thinking all, like, I had all these names written down, and I just couldn't I don't know what your process same was. thing <laughs> <laughs> same thing and it, I'm, like nothing was sticking and then I'm like you know what I'm gonna take a break from this and I just and I love Drake I love rap music and so I'm just like let me relax on the Acela right <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden the song trophies comes on and the line says did your boys not get the memo and something inside me just like shook I'm cool. like they hadn't got the memo <laughs> right <laughs> and it was that simple the memo hadn't gone out that women of color experience the workplace differently. Uh, We have different challenges that not all women experience. And we also want to be able to lean in, but we're not even in the room to be able to do that. And oftentimes we're not even in the interview process to have the opportunity. And so I felt like there needed to be two memos written, Um, a memo for women of color to say, I see you, I feel you, you're not crazy. Some of these things are happening. Uh, And then also to those who are not of color to say, you know, here are some things, look at it from our perspective. Look at what we do and some of the scars that, and the, and the burns that we have. Get an inside look into what it's like for us to experience the workplace and do you want to be helpful in creating a better, more equitable workplace? And part, and again, part, not just within your book, but a lot of what you talk about, it's not even the fact that, you know, we keep hearing as women, you know, take your seat, speak up, raise your hand. And what you're talking about is, is women of color are, aren't, don't even feel like they have the right or the opportunity to even speak up at all yeah. because of how they're perceived and been treated for so many years. Yep, absolutely. And it's just this like, invisibleness uh, that we often feel not being seen. I was doing an interview earlier today and one of the uh, hosts, she said, you know, she's on the radio, she said, "I, I feel like many white men and women never see me. 
and after I read your book, I, I felt seen. It's something, she's like, yes, they physically see me, but I, did not, I don't feel seen. I don't feel like my story matters, my voices matter. And I think that, I don't necessarily think white people have done it on purpose. Right. Not all, majority, I don't feel that way. But oftentimes we're going through our life and we don't think about what it might be like for that sole person of color or that sole insert whatever right. it is. Right, exactly. It's going through. We all get in our own way sometimes and I think this may be a eye-opening book for those who want to be brave and read about it I had a white woman send me a message today she's like I, I finished your book today and it was a hard read but a necessary read and I said well thank you, you no know? no it, no and I think yeah. that that's the point right yeah. I mean when you first came to Luminary right when we were we were just opening mm-hmm. and you we, we brought a group of women of color here uh, you know I we were just talking about it but I gave a tour and and then I said you know we had discreet, agreed upon this before but you know I would step away at, because it was it was a safe space for them to talk and I did step away but I was sort of in earshot and as I listened to the stories that were told without you know getting up and interjecting because I, I realized I didn't have a right to do that because yes I'm a woman but I did not have those exp- those same experiences, and I was I was I was really I don't know if the word is touched, if it's mortified, uh, because of what I heard that these women had gone through, and it's really within the book, kind of highlighting yes, those stories w- continue to exist, but how do we change those, mm-hmm. and all of the tools that women can leverage. And by the way, while this is written for women of color. This is for everyone. It's for everyone. I, I, I agree with you. I've had more probably early copies of it. More white women have read the book, you know, in press and different things. And, and they'll tell me, this is just great advice, period. I mean, I was enlightened, but this is just great Absolutely. advice for anyone. It's twofold, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, and I'll, I'll ask you, I mean, you know, a couple of the things that I really loved, that even just, again, down to sort of the, the tactical is, you know, who are your top eight? Um, you know, writing out your career blueprint and writing out a purpose statement and how those go hand in hand. So this is not just a culmination of, oh, I decided to write a book. I mean, you've been, you've been building this company, The Memo, yeah. for many years based on all of your experience and speaking, um, well-renowned speaker. If you looked at your book and sort of said, okay, it's kind of a what are those top things that you're, or top questions that you're asked about the most Mm -hmm. from the women that you speak to? Yeah, so I'm glad you say that because I do talk about, yes, some of the obstacles that women of color face, but also it's just a, how do we share the secret sauce to get forward, right? Yes. (laughs) In a different voice. Yeah. Um, One that might, you might resonate with more, uh, perhaps, but so for me, I think networking is so key. All of us need that tool in our toolkit. How, you know, I joke around about the MySpace top eight, but mm-hmm. we do need people in our team, in our squad that are rooting for us, but also that we can root for as well and really help each other. But then I also think that we have to be intentional about what we want or what we say we want. And so if there's some strengths that you need to identify, how do you enhance those? Are there some weaknesses? How do you turn those into superpower strength? And I think that, um, we have to be our best advocates and it's up to us to take our career by the reins mm-hmm. and really say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And no matter if you're a woman of color or not, there are some certain things that we have to do um, to make sure that we're investing in ourselves in that way. And I think places like um, Luminary, for example, it's very important that we invest in ourselves because that's right. how you meet 
your squad members and all those things. So I think we have to really just change our mindset into, you know, I could say, Kate, let's go out and have dinner at Nobu tonight and we'll spend 150 with now you've been blinking. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) But sometimes when it's about getting a coach or a community, we're shy away from those things. And I think if we really say we want a seat at the table, then it's going to take a little bit more for us to put ourselves out there to do it. No, 100%. And, and And you write in the book, women of color deserve a seat at the table and we are coming for those seats which I love so we often ask on the podcast and and whenever we do uh, our speaker series is how how are you making room for others at the table you're clearly doing that but I'm gonna flip it and say what's your advice to the listeners on how they make room for others at the table thinking about the broad audience it's not just women of color right right? and that's an important message yeah I think at the baseline, we all deserve, we all should have obtained equity at some point. And if you are in a position of power or even you have the opportunity to help accelerate someone else's career that is working really hard, that shows that they are talented, we can help somebody. It's changing our, you know, some people say, what can we do today? Your hiring practices. Do you have a diverse candidate pool right. when you're interviewing, right? It's hard to diversify your your team if you never interview those who are diverse and so I think there's a lot of things that we can do you know often um, non-people of color say what can we do and it's like stand up when when people of color need you right right, right. It, you, you don't necessarily have to put a badge a badge on on to do that it can be the slightest things when you're in a meeting and someone over talks someone of color or an underserved group then you you know say hey Minda had something that she was trying to say, like right. be there in the moment and not, um, I say allyship should take place in public, not behind right. the curtain. And it's not just, you know, we often think, again, I, I put my, my female hat on that it's, you know, it's the male piece, right? Mm-hmm. It's the men that, you know, and, and I'm, as you know, I'm a very big, um, I'm very vocal about making sure men are at the tables mm-hmm. because they need to help us and we need to educate them. But it's, there's also this divide with you've got the men and then you've got white women and then women of color. And I think that's another aspect of this where we have to change the conversation to bring more women that are non-color to the table. Yes, yes. Um, you know, this book, I hope, my hope is that, yes, black and brown women, women of color will read it. But my, I, as I told my publisher, I said, I want white men and women to read it too, and men of color, because I think that at the core of it, how do we move forward if we don't have these tough conversations, these courageous conversations, or at least know what it's like to walk in my shoes, you know, because I think we can close the empathy gap when we, when it, when it seems more real, right? Yeah, and relevant, (laughs) right? And and I think the, the, we need to, to, to stop shying away from the tough conversations Mm -hmm. and be courageous and, and open up and have dialogue around what's what's the real talk right, right? <laughs> one of the chapters in the book is um say my name say my name which i loved um and you talk about and i feel this just in general and i think it has to do with i spent all those years in finance was you you continue to hear the same names at the top right and where one where's the pipeline mm-hmm. um across you know women in general but where are the women that are doing amazing and incredible things that get no recognition or we're not hearing their names Mm -hmm. as much and so i loved in that chapter how you listed out you listed out the nor you know the 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 oprah's and the carla harris and we love carla (laughs) we've had her speak here but 
to do to do two shout outs. I mean, Benita Stewart from Google, who's been a huge supporter of Luminary. Susan Chapman Hughes at Amex, who's a member of Luminary. I mean, I love that you put it down on paper and said, here are some badass women that we're not recognizing as much as they need to be. And yeah. so that whole chapter about and so how do we do that more? Yeah, so we need to say their name, say their name, yeah. because, uh, and, and shout out, like, to the Carla Harris's of the world and all yes. of that, but when you have an opportunity to, you know, bring a female speaker in, call them up and bring them in, yes. like, you know, when you're doing a Forbes article, call them up and bring them in, because they're doing such amazing work, they're at the highest levels that many of us aspire to be, and their name should be known just like anybody else's, and I think sometimes we get so comfortable in just calling the the people we know absolutely absolutely <laughs> and that's part of being a success partner you there you know that these select group aren't the only ones out there right. right so let's broaden our view let's broaden what success looks like and also the experience yeah. right not you know every woman out there and men too but every woman out there has a different experience mm-hmm. and some of that's going to resonate and some of it's not but we bringing bringing more women to the table yes. to say, listen, it's not just these five. It, there are a hundred. There's five hundred. <laughs> there's more than that, and call upon them. Yes, and don't just have that as the plan B. Mm-hmm. Right? It's yeah. so much more than that. So I love that that okay. chapter. Um, and I also want to say too yeah. is sometimes be, we don't call on those people because they don't have a social media presence like everybody else, right. and that's another way that we silo people because um, just because. They may not be on Twitter. It doesn't mean that right. they don't have something valuable. No, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I you know, someone so they said the other day to me, "How many followers do you have?" I said, "I don't care." Right? I mean, I'm not I'm not doing this for the for followers. The, yeah. and, and again, no effect. You know, I think it's great, but I think that's that's part of someone's branding. But I think you're absolutely right, and it also depends on the role that they have. Mm-hmm. You know, as as again, someone who came from finance, you were very restricted around the social media presence and what you could and couldn't say, right? Because mm-hmm. you were technically representing the brand that you right. work for. So I think that also adds to to some of those um, the restrictions. So we have a key day this week, August 22nd. It's Black Women's Equal Pay Day. Um, can you talk about what that means? It's I mean, this week is so, what a milestone you're launching your book. Two, you're launching your book tour. Three, it's Equal Pay Day for Black Women. How, how, that, did you pick that week on purpose? <laughs> we, we, we were a little strategic on that week because we wanted to make sure that around that time, even black and brown women even felt more seen, mm-hmm. right? Because this is something that the media and press tend to now um, cover. And so we wanted to be able to get the, the most traction and say, hey, we also have some salary negotiation advice yeah. for you to help you with that ask. And so I think it's important not just to have the rhetoric, but actually have some tangible takeaways that people can have. And I felt like it was almost like a gift to say, okay, we know this is coming and hopefully you can read this book so that that'll help advance. I think one of the biggest, one of the more significant questions that I get is around salary negotiation and how do I get better comp? And I think in the book, I get just the tips that you give in there because it's rel- it, it can be applicable to any role, mm-hmm. any level, any, any title, any industry. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, again, for people that are, that are listening to the podcast, go out and buy this book. You will not be disappointed. And I think um, we're really excited to, to have you tonight. Um, can you talk a little bit about what what you're doing tonight with Andrew? 
Yes, I'm really excited uh, just to be at Luminary and be with family. I consider you all family. And Andrew, he used to work at Nielsen, and so they put out these reports on black women in terms of our buying power and all those great things. And so I felt like he would be a really great person to have the conversation about, you know, women of color in the workplace. And also he's been just a great advocate for, for other women. And so, um, and lastly, I felt like it was important not just to have a conversation with another woman of color or that also a man to say, hey, we, it's going to take all hands on deck and Absolutely. and we're all here as the problem solvers. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think it's great that you're having him do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it, it, it's, um, it also shows a sign of strength yeah. that this is where you want the conversation to go, yeah. right? Um, so I, I know this is a big night, so I won't keep you much longer. Um, one of the, the final questions that we always ask our guests is, who is your luminary? You know, I, I definitely, I know, I don't, you may have heard other people say this, but I definitely have to say my mom, um, because she was a teenage mother, and we, you know, I think about this moment right now, and this is incredible for her, it and is. she got you so far. I read your inscription in the book yeah. to your first best friend. I. I'm getting emotional. I know you're getting emotional. Um, I think it's incredible, right? And I do think um, clearly she, she let she led you to a path, right? Yeah, she did. <laughs> um, okay, so we don't want you. We want you to have a good night. No, and and um, thanks, Ma. <laughs> yes, Minda's mom. If you're listening, um, we're so excited to have her. Uh, and what you're doing is truly incredible. Um, we're really excited to to have you to host you to support the book. Tell us where we can find it. Yes, uh, wherever you like to buy your books, make sure that you pick it up. Start book clubs. You know, it, it's really important that we have these conversations. And as we talk about the future of work, I think. We're going to have to dig a little deeper and pull back some, pull the band-aids off of some hard conversations, but I'm, I'm optimistic. And so find me on, I'm most active on Twitter at Minda Hearts. At Minda Hearts. The book is The Memo, What Women of Color Need to Know to Secure a Seat at the Table. Good luck. We're really excited Thank for you. you. <laughs> and, and have a great book tour. Yes.